I'm Father Dennis Strack. And I'm Katie Prejean McGrady. And this is Ave Spotlight. Hey, Father. It's good to see you. Good to see you too, King. How's it going? Good. Today is my daughter's third birthday. So I'm having a lot of feels that uh, three years ago she came into this world. It doesn't feel like that long ago, but then also it feels like she's never not been here. It's weird. What's the, what's the party? You have a party theme? Um, so she's gone back and forth between a pink party and she wants a yellow cake, but we can't figure out if that means like yellow icing, like yellow flavor. She's three. So I'm pretty sure if I just like throw some balloons in her bedroom, she'll be excited. And it's also a pandemic. So it's, it's, and she started school today. So it's like, it's her birthday. We celebrated yesterday. My folks came over, we had pizza, um, she got to wear a party hat, but you know. Easy theme though, at least. I mean, yeah, what? pink and yellow. <laughs> Not difficult. What are the what are her like top shows, TV shows or oh gosh. I mean, we are a hardcore PBS kids family. Um, did you watch did you ever watch Mr. Rogers Neighborhood growing up? Okay, yeah. I mean, that's right. We're millennials. Mr. Rogers like raised me. Um, I had good parents, but like Mr. <laughs> Mr. Rogers was like grandfather number three. Um, but now there's Daniel Tiger. You know about Daniel Tiger. Oh gosh, father. Every toddler mom right now is like, oh, I know Daniel Tiger. Daniel, if that's our audience. Um, they took family of Yeah, you remember the puppets? Uh-huh. Okay, so they they basically Daniel, Daniel the puppet, the tiger puppet, now has he's married with kids. And so it's the story of his son, Daniel Tiger, I guess Junior, and his little girl Margaret. And so Daniel goes on adventures and he goes to school. It's a show about your feelings. And so there's all these little jingles but like if you have to go potty stop and go right away grown-ups come back um there's like a countdown song for when you're mad daniel tiger's basically raising my kid for me and it's awesome <laughs> and we watch the same i don't know like the same 20 episodes are on repeat just because like she knows them and now she's at the phase where she'll like act them out as the show's going on so i don't feel like a terrible parent for using television she's getting theater practice it's great <laughs> i feel like i could use some of those songs the countdown until you're yeah what did you watch growing up? Like, did you have like a show as a kid? I, okay, so we had, I think it was the standard Sesame Street. I mean, we were big Nickelodeons. So we had the Rugrats stuff. I was big Rugrats. Some of those like classic Nickelodeon games. So like Legend of oh, yeah. Um So have you, wait, wait, time out. Did you see The Floor is Lava? Have you watched that on Netflix? I watched The Floor is Lava yet. Oh, no, no, not The Floor is Lava. Floor is Lava. There's wait. no The. <laughs> you watched it? Oh yeah, we binged it. <laughs> okay, no, I'm not. I'm not caught yet. But I really like Olmec, like the Olmec, the guy, the the uh, what is he? The stone, the stone guy. Yeah, the big the face that would like eat the. the we're dating ourselves. <laughs> yeah. uh, and his voice, just like classic. Um, you will be, you will be, you greeted by temple guards, and you have to give them one whatever token or whatever it was. That was great. Uh, the other thing I really liked was. Um, was uh, uh, Mark Summers, um, what was that one? The one with the oh. gap, the, um, the, the obstacle courses. Uh, yeah, double, I know what you're... T- double Dare. Oh, yes. Yeah, Tommy was a big double. Like, I've learned that now. <laughs> I got the nose and stuff. And then there was, like, a pizza with the flag. There was about the flags, and you had to pass the flag to the next person. Yeah. What are you and Tommy watching right now? Well, so we're big TV people. I mean, I used to have a podcast about The Office, um, 
before Ave poached me and said, hey, we'll pay you to make a podcast. I was like, yeah, let's do that instead. Um, we So I read an article, I don't know, maybe like in May or June. I'll put it down in the show notes um, about how like when people are stressed, they tend to cling to things that they're like familiar with or comfortable with. Um, and that sometimes manifests in like you make your favorite foods or you watch your favorite shows. So since March, we've like decided to kind of go back through our favorite shows. So we did Parks and Rec. We did The Office. We recently finished 30 Rock. I'm about, and um, I've given him like a week off and like let him watch whatever he wants to watch, which usually means scrubs and I hate scrubs. Uh, But I'm about to make my husband sit through Downton Abbey and I'm doing it on the premise of I've carried your child for the past eight and a half months. I'm about to have to breastfeed again and have sleepless nights. So you're watching these British people with me and you, you don't get to complain. I'm reminding you, you're catching him up on down. You've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen the whole thing, seen the movie, which was awful, but I, I, oh yeah, I'm a diehard Downtoner. Um, yes. You, and I think you like it too, right? That's why we're friends. <laughs> I think is Mary. She's just like the attitude. She, she's very thoughtful. She's very observant, but she's witty. And I like that. About mm-hmm. and, and there's a redemption line to her. Like, cause Mary starts out, kind of a jerk yeah. yeah she's kind of the i don't know like sometimes i watch downton and i'm reminded of little women mm-hmm. you know like i just feel like there's some of the same tropes julian fellows clearly read louisa may alcott when he was writing down we're getting like way off track but <laughs> i love downton um check out the the soundtrack on uh on spotify as well the score so good oh yeah it's beautiful <laughs> Okay. You should just like set up a piano in the common area of your dorm and just like play it for students as they come in and out. I'm sure the guys would love that. The next episode. Well, and I, I mean, I think it's, I, I, have you watched more TV since quarantine started? Like, I mean, I don't know what a priest life is like. We've watched more. I think I've gotten like more accounts. So I think like, um, you know, friends are like, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this online, but friends are like, hey, have you checked out this Hulu thing? Do you want to be in my account? Whatever. So uh, I definitely got hooked up with Disney Plus for the Hamilton thing. I think we talked of about that last episode. So I'd seen the show in the theater, but uh, had to watch the movie. So now I got Disney Plus, so I'm kind of creeping around Disney Plus a little bit. But um, always had Netflix, <laughs> um, Hulu a little bit. Uh, I'm kind of into like crime, investigation, mystery. Um, not as much like alien kind of stuff, but more like FBI whodunit kind of stuff. Mm. Growing up, even going back to growing up, what we used to watch Unsolved Mysteries, which came back. Oh, yes. Even that theme song was like super creepy. Oh, yeah. It sets you up. Yeah, never wanted to go in the basement. Always afraid someone's under the bed. Like, <laughs> they were to watch as a kid. They sent in like the police dog or like the, the German Shepherd. Don't send in the dog. No, um, you know better than that. Yeah, those types of shows. That's what I'm what I'm into. But definitely been watching more, unfortunately. Uh, but now yeah. back and the semester's rolling a little less time. Yeah. When I think like I, I'm finding that I'm kind of at my limit, especially because I know the new baby's coming and I'm gonna spend a lot of time on the couch with the TV on because that's just kind of what you do when there's a newborn. You just kind of plop yourself down in one spot. So I need to pick a, a daytime show to watch with Claire. Um, but I'm finding my husband has been back in school for a few days with his students and he's telling me all the time that like these kids are, they clearly are just ready to get back in their routine. They have missed seeing one another. They've even missed biology class of all things. And we talked to somebody who really gave us some great insights, Roy Pettifee, 
uh, a licensed professional counselor. He does ministry and counseling with teenagers. Uh, so we got to sit down with him and, and kind of talk about that. Like, how do we help these young people get back into, get away from the television, get away from, you know, the Nintendo Switch and really transition back into to normal life. So here's our interview with Roy. Roy, thanks for coming on Ave Spotlight. Thanks for having me, Father. Thanks for having me, Katie. Yeah, we're happy to have you. Um, I think Father Dennis wants to kick this one off. He's got some burning questions to, to talk to you about society, the whole nine yards. I'm excited to talk to you, Roy. Transitions is our topic today, by and large, as, as it relates to teenagers, but maybe just thinking in a general, starting at a general level, macro level to begin with here. Um, certainly transitions are part of life, especially this time of year. Mm. Um, you know, beginning of the academic year, people looking for work. I know in religious life and priesthood, people are beginning their assignments and things. So transitions, in my experience, can definitely be exciting. There's a new routine, an opportunity to new, uh, learn new skills and things like that. But for many of us, transitions can be really difficult. And maybe just to start out, why, why is that? What, what is it about change that's, that's so challenging for us? It's a great question. You know, the older we get, the more resistant we get to change. You know, babies love to have their dirty diaper changed. And, you know, when you get to be 46 and in the house for four months, you don't even want to change your shirt, as is evidenced through this podcast. So we don't, you know, we get a more of a sense of an ability to control our environment. And so even there's usually compartments and dynamics of change that that we can't control. Ironically, the teens we will see, they will handle the transitions far better than the adults to whom they're they're in their care. Um, They're just going to handle it better because they're just not as, they don't have as much life experience and they already don't have as much control over their world and what they, you know, over what they can do and what they can't do. And so they will tend to, they're going to be much more resilient and the adults are going are gonna to struggle. Change is especially hard during a time of instability and when there's not a whole lot of consistency, which is what we're experiencing in the world today right now. And so people already, I like to say, I don't change gears very easily. Um, it's going to be very difficult for people to change gears and especially for those who previously didn't already change gears you know, very easily. Mm-hmm. Maybe help us dive more deeply into the mindset or the starting point of a teenager at this time, especially in your line of work. Yeah. You mentioned it's a unique time to grow up, a unique time to be formed. Finding when you consider this particular age group during this specific moment in our history and our society, maybe what are the general trends that you're noticing as it relates to their importance? That's a great question. I think for adults, you know, who are 30 millennials and older, I think in order to understand, to to have a bit of an empathy bridge to understand what teens are going through right now, we we have to go back to 9-11 and that was it for those of us in America and the States. Um, it really changed the whole world. You know, everything that happens here, on, for, for good or ill, you know, trickles out to the world. But it, it changed the way we lived. And it, we were in this cultural state of shock. And so teens are in that. They don't have the full grasp of how um, big of a deal this whole COVID pandemic is, and and even the racial um, issues right now, and and the the um, instability that that's in our uh, our country right now, they don't have, they can't, they just don't have enough life experience to put perspective on. It, no matter how many bald-headed forty-six-year-olds say, this is the most significant world event in the last one hundred years. Mm-hmm. You know, with you know, outside of World War Two, 
you know, um, it's, it's just that big of a deal. Um, it's even bigger than World War II because it's so globally impactful. So um, they don't fully hang, have the hooks to hang it on quite like adults do. And that's good for them because it's not quite as traumatizing for them. The main word that we need to understand where teens are right now, they're bored. They are bored. They're Netflixed out. They're Call of Dutyed out. They are drive the bicycle by their friend's house, you know, or do the wave by party and all of that other stuff. They're bored. They are ready, and this is going to have impacts on, on, on how we get them back into school. They're ready to get back to normal. Mm-hmm. And so I'll, I'll, I'll foreshadow saying that, especially for educators, we're going to, my advice would be, and this is what I'm hearing from teens, because I'm asking them directly, what's the best way for teachers to handle this? We need to give a hat tip to COVID and their experience, you know, probably the first day or two, but we need to move pretty quickly into some normalcy. Like we don't need to drone on and on about their boredom and all this other stuff. Let's get to chemistry. Let's get to algebra. Let's move. Let's get to football. You know, let's get to these things. So that's a, that's, and because they're they're so bored. Mm-hmm. I love that. I mean, I, I I've noticed that with even just my three year old, like the routines that we set in place back in March are very quickly becoming okay. Well, what are we doing today? And yeah. as an adult, it's like, well, I, I kind of like the routine that we have, but you need something right. different, right? Like they you need, need the novelty. Routine. Yeah, and and so I mean, high school students are really just overgrown toddlers. We we all are for a brief period of time. But you know, Roy, you know my husband, Dennis. You know Tommy as well. Father Dennis, excuse me. Um, he, you know, he's going back into the classroom um, this week. He's got students coming. He's got about half virtual and half coming in person. What are some, like you said, it's we need to move straight into chemistry, move straight into biology, help them get back into those rhythms. What are a couple of practical things maybe parents can do on their end? Maybe older siblings, aunts and uncles can do to help teenagers get back into that routine. Um, and even college students who might be going virtual for the semester who have just moved back into a dorm that they randomly left uh, in March and, and never got their stuff back. What are, what are a couple of practical tips there? One, I think rehearse the routine with them, even verbally, just to say, let's, let's start walking through this mentally, like put the mask on. Like, I don't, I'm not big on like making the kids wear a mask all day in the house, but like put the mask on. Now think about it. You're going to be in this all day long, blah, 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 blah. The other piece that, that, and look, I'm not a prophet. I do not have a crystal ball. If there's a school that goes brick and mortar in person that does not get interrupted without these kids getting sent home for weeks or more, I would be shocked, mm-hmm. like growing a banana out of my ear, shocked. So to prepare them to get going and then also get ready to stop again. Mm-hmm. And I think this year is going to be a lot of start and stop. So that's more of a macro yeah. Does that make sense? It's more yeah. of a macro thing. Um, but but they're going to be, it's going to be pretty novel. They're going to be wearing the masks, regardless of whether your friends are wearing it, you know, wear the mask. Um, uh, the, for kids who have social anxiety, this is, a year, we're going to see a slow ramp up, but it will be a ramp up. You know, they're going to get back in and within a couple of weeks, they're going to be experiencing the social anxiety. The big piece that I don't hear anyone talking about which will happen is that they are going to get to school and a lot of their friends won't be there because most schools are offering the opportunity for parents to keep their kids virtually. And they don't really know what the heck their parents are doing. In fact, their parents don't know what they're doing until the day right before school. And so they get there. Well, where's, where's John, you know, where's, you know, Aubrey and, and just to prepare them for that. And that Mm -hmm. school's going to be very different 
it's the socializing at school is going to be very different. And so I think to prepare them for that. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's, that's great advice. Like we can't walk in blind. Um, what then do you think a teenager can do to prepare themselves? Maybe. I mean, I, I'm not anticipating a ton of teens yeah. going to listen to this show, but maybe mom Correct. and dad will pass Correct. it off to them. Yeah. And what mom and dad can do when they pass it is that this has been sort of a long-term cultural trauma. And the primary gift that our faith offers to trauma is that we give it meaning. It's not just arbitrary. This didn't just come out of nowhere. This is what we've talked about in my lifetime for 46 years, for six weeks a year during Lent. It's the cross. <laughs> this is the cross, right? We give lip service to it a lot of time during the year, but now we're living it. And so that guy, that dead guy who's hanging on those two pieces of wood, this is what that means that he's gone before us and that there is hope in this and that, and we keep reinforcing that, 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 that we don't know what it's going to look like. Life's going to change. We don't know when it's going to end, but to, to give them a sense of meaning in it. And, and it is disruptive. Um, for teens, I think you're going to have, you're going to have to take initiative in your relationships. If you've even, whether you've been the most popular or the least popular COVID and now the way our societal you know, relationships are going, you're going to have to take initiatives. So you might've been the one that everyone always included, but now you might need to be the one that calls your friends or I'm, I'm so sorry that you send the first snap or, you know, you text them and take initiative that, you know, if possible, invite your friends over. Um, be patient for parents, be patient with the teachers. You know, a lot of these teachers are literally putting their lives on the line. Tommy, maybe not because he's young and healthy and he's, mm-hmm. you know, running eight miles every day as I see on his Facebook story, all sweaty. That's nasty, by the way. Um, I'm baking I'm so much. <laughs> he has to work out because I'm baking bread. That's just, that was, but you know, you 65 year old Catholic school teacher who is retired from the public school system. Mm-hmm. She's a high risk. And so I think there's just going to be a lot of instability. Prepare them for disappointments. You know, we think football and fall sports are starting. We think we don't know. We've got to say we know, and that's okay. But, you know, I think for kids to just prepare for more and more change, and that's incredibly hard to do. Yeah. All learning as we go, I guess, a little bit too, right? Aren't we? Yeah. I know I am. I mean, yeah, none of us have lived through this before. We can call a centenarian and say, how did it happen in 1918? But, like, I doubt that we either will remember or want to share. You know? yeah, I want to share. I don't remember. Yeah. So, well, Roy, where can we find your work? And, and maybe folks can listen to your own podcast. Tell us tell us that. Yeah, the podcast is at todaysteenager.com and hosts the podcast as well as my blogs and all the books and stuff are available there. You know, Helping Teens Through Stress, Anxiety, and Depression, that book from Ave. Um, is certainly highlighted there. And there's a lot of great tips and tools in the book to help teens as they vacillate between, you know, anxiety and depression and just change in general. Thanks so much, Roy. We appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Katie, what's your one hope for the week? Um, I, so it's, you know, Rose turned three. I think I just have a lot of hope for her third year. Um, this is the mom and me talking. We're about to have a new baby in the house. I'm hoping that the transition to big sisterhood for her goes well, that she owns that role. We've had baby dolls multiplying in the house for the past few weeks and, and practicing all sorts of different things, mask wearing for school and changing the diaper and the whole nine yards. So I'm just, I have a lot of hope that she, transitions into her new role as a big sister will.
think for me, um, just watching, continue to watch uh, the, the year unfold here at Notre Dame, um, just the challenge of like connecting with, with folks, the masks really do, um, just to see someone smile or to even be able to recognize someone, it's really <laughs> kind of challenging when you have to keep track of so many students and you want to be um, walking with them and be personable and, uh, and thoughtful. It's been a real challenge. So I think um, mindful that they can't be in each other's rooms and things like that. It's definitely some pastoral kind of challenges um, for me. And I think um, it's being felt in the dorm as well uh, in the different communities here on campus. So I think my hope for this week would just be, um, and a prayer intention I think would just be some inspiration from God to try to find how um, we might find these new ways to connect, uh, new ways to be thoughtful and mindful of each other. Uh, there's sort of like a pall over the, the year right now. And so just to kind of continue to be a witness of joy and in the midst of the challenges that we're facing, uh, find new, new ways to connect uh, and new ways to show um, uh, really our care for one another and despite the challenges. Really, I want to thank, uh, again, thank Roy for joining us to, today for our interview, and uh, we hope to see you next time on Ave Spotlight. Ave Spotlight is a podcast from Ave Maria Press. You can find all of our episodes over at AveMariaPress.com. Click on the free resources button and you'll find our webpage, as well as subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Since this is a fairly new podcast, we are hopeful and, and grateful um, for reviews that our listeners will give it to help more folks find the show um, and listen to these Monday morning conversations between uh, a priest and a mom about what's going on in the world and topics relevant to faithful everyday Catholics. You can also find our other Ave Maria Press podcast, Ave Explores, on, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify, as well as the Ave Maria Press website. Our current series for Ave Explores on Catholic family life can be found also at AveMariaPress.com, where you can register for the weekly emails and all of the content that we're creating. As always, we're grateful for all that you do and how you support Ave Maria Press, especially by listening to these shows that we are creating. We hope you have a great week. <laughs>